Oh, good morning, everyone. Uh, it is a, a real honor to be standing up here with you all through, through the GoPro and the three people that are here as well, which is fantastic. And obviously many blessings to you at home. And I don't know about you, I know Tim and I just spoke. It's uh, for me, I found it a little bit hard over the last couple of weeks with that light at the end of the tunnel being so close now, you know, so close to be able to doing uh, what we called normal, I suppose, 18 months ago being so close. But you know, we're nearly there guys, so keep at it. Um, we'll be there really, really soon. And I think um, I really had this on my heart that um, I think it's also really important that we honor um, the staff at Manly Life as well, who have been going through this stage. You know, I can't imagine what it would be like to try and look after all of us um, while having this, while running this every Sunday morning, worship, groups, courses and everything. So Tim, I think on behalf of us, thank you so Thanks, much um, for doing that. Um, and you make our lives a lot easier with church. So thank you so much. Um, as Tim said, young adults at the moment has been really, really fun. Um, we've been catching up over Zoom um, and talking about the sermons, worship nights and everything. And we've, you know, it's, it's been really awesome. We've brought some new people into our group and, you know, new people are coming and then we've got people come in with really big questions. And it's been a really good time to sort of sit and be with each other over Zoom, but also still answer the questions and really start to challenge and extend our faith as well, which has been really, really good. And obviously when we can get back to you know, being in here with a table will be really, really nice. And I know I definitely uh, look forward to that time, that's for sure. So I'm closing out the, the Impromptu Kingdom series um, today that, that Tim's done. And uh, before we head into the Isaiah series, which I'm obviously really excited for as well. and. The funny thing about today is that I'm going to bring the first parable at the very end. Um, we're going to go through the parable of the soul, which is found in the three synoptic gospels, so Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and it is explained by length at Jesus, which is one of the only parables which Jesus really explains the meaning and what this means and how this is um, appropriate. And now I appreciate that there's been a lot of sermons um, about the parable of the sower, but um, if you've been in the Christian faith for five minutes, you've probably heard a sermon about this. Um, but I really hope today that Jesus can bring something new, something fresh. Um, and I've really felt it press on my heart um, this week and is preparing that you know, this is a really, really big bit of scripture. And the more we can understand this, um, the better. So the encompassing line of today's sermon is the following, is that the nature of the heart is key in understanding the kingdom of God. The nature of heart is key to understanding the kingdom of God. Now, I had to research this topic because um, I don't have a green thumb. Let's just call that out right now. Um, I don't really know. I'm not very good. My joke is that I don't know whichever end of a hammer to use. So let alone how to um, plant things and do that. I've got no idea. And my father, though, was a big green thumb, loved his garden, still does love his garden, very, very proud of his garden. And I remember as a young fella, him watching him being very intent about where things go and preparation and looking after it, lawns and the like, to ensure that the growth of everything that was put in was to its full capacity. Yeah. But I actually have another story about my girlfriend Beth, her grandparents. Um, they have one of the nicest gardens I think I have ever seen. They live in Cowra and two weeks before we got locked down, we got to go down there, which was, which was amazing. In the middle of winter, nice and cold down there. Um, yeah, so they live in Cowra, we went there, and their garden 
was something to behold. You know, if I was preaching with you all here, I'd have a photo up on the screen right now. There's a beautiful photo of them standing on the balcony with their garden right in front of them. Um, they have been farmers in the region of Kurawatha for the majority of their life, and then they moved to Kaura, which is 20 minutes into town. Um, and their knowledge around horticulture um, and just things of that nature was impressive. And I, she took me on a tour of the garden, it was, which was beautiful. And it took about 45 minutes to go through everything. But the thing that impressed me the most was obviously their green thumb and understanding that, but the process that actually went into the garden. So things like this plant needs to go here because that soil is really, really good here. Or this plant needs to go here because it needs more sun and that's why it's on this side of the house. Or this plant needs to go here because if it goes here, those two don't like each other. So we can't have them growing next to each other because they'll try and kill each other and then we won't have any, any plants. It was so brilliant to see the systematic approach that they went through and it's one of those houses, I think if you went to Kara, that you would stop at. You would pull up and you go, wow, that's incredible. They've even got a, a flower clock in their front yard, which is just, I was just, it's incredible. And I'm hoping that when lockdown ceases, um, you know, before Christmas, we get to go down there and see it in its full um, bloom, which would be amazing. But it just really ran home to me that the nature of the soil and the surroundings impact the growth of the seeds. Yeah. Everything that's placed in a nice way impacts it. And this is so true with our lives. And this is what I've been reflecting on this week. It's the things we invest in determine what comes out. So my mum used to have an amazing saying, rubbish in, rubbish out. Yeah. Unfortunately, she thought that was my music taste. <laughs> um, so I think we're still trying, to, still trying to go through that. But how do we switch that as Christians to kingdom in, kingdom out. Yeah, that's good. The nature of the heart is key to understanding the kingdom of God. Let me show you. We're going to go into Mark 4, which is where I'm going to share with you from. And as I said, it's mentioned in the three other gospels, so you can also find it in Matthew 13, Mark 4, which we'll be in, and also Luke 8 as well. I'll be reading verses 3 to 9 to start with. And I'll be referring to verses 13 to 20 as we go through as well. So, Mark 4 says, uh, Jesus is speaking here. Listen. Let's listen. <laughs> A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly but because the soil was shallow, um, yeah, then the sun came up and the plants were scorched and they were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil and it came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. So we know Jesus used many parables um, in his time. He used it throughout his time. And they were vivid illustrations of spiritual truths drawn from everyday life. So in this case, it's a farmer sowing a seed. You know, I like to even imagine it that 
Jesus was sitting wherever he was talking to these people and he might have seen a farmer off in the distance doing this and being like, I can use that. You know? And it really relates to illustrations um, that help us understand spiritual truths. So let's break this down. Let's get into its key themes. And obviously we have four environment types. We have the path, the rock, the thorns, and the good soil. The path is the harshest of environments, most trodden on, least likely to grow. The rocky environment had some chances at the start, but the nature of the soil was not ready. Let us come back to that one. The thorny area, you know, it started to grow, but it got choked out by the things that don't suit growing in that area as well. It didn't have the chance. But then finally, the good soil, which produces a good crop and multiplies 30, 60, 100 times. Mm. So if we're to draw some literal sense to this and start to break it down, we have two key elements. We have the seed, which is related to the word of God, to the word of God, and we have the soil, which is the heart. And that's why the statement at the start is so true to us. The seed is of vital importance as the word of God. The word of God comes in many different ways and it comes in different ways. And I felt like after we, we had the stories of everyday faith and we've had worship that I didn't really need to get up and preach, you know, because this is the encompassing message of today. It comes in different ways, forms and shapes. So, for example, the transformational word of God, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joints marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Comforting word of God, Psalm 18.30. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. The righteous word of God, Luke 11.28. Blessed rather those who hear the word of God and obey it. Hope in the word of God. Psalm 130 verses 5, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits in his word, I hope. They are four versions of the word, but overarching, and I love this verse, is in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, and we also thank God continually, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as human word, but actually as it is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. At work in you who believe. There's all different types of words that are being spread. They are being spread around and now it needs to be sown. So we have the word of God being spread, being sown, no better seed, no worse seed. The seeds are the same. We move to the soil, which is another key part of the analogy. It's really, really key that we look at this analogy. And as we said before, the soil is represented in the context of our hearts. Jesus clearly states that each soil reflects the hearts of the human. It says some will disregard the word altogether as the path. Some will consider and reject. Some will hear and get tangled in the ways of the world and and other types of things. And then some here grows within 30, 60, 100, multiplies. And in that nature, it's listen 
accept, grow, and act. And that's the good soil. The interesting thing is there's a quote here from Alan Cole in um, Carson's new Bible commentary, which I use a lot for college because I find it awesome um, reference. And having a Bible commentary, if you can find one, it's one of Tim's best advices when we started was, you know, find a couple of commentaries that really suit with you and use them a lot because, you know, they are really good at, at helping define, you know, your preaching, but also your college. And this comment was really good. He emphasizes the point that the final illustration of the good soil is positive, not negative. It's a promise to encourage us, not just a warning to sober us. And I think that's really key because I sometimes read this and I go, ooh, yeah, good soil, that's great. But what about, what about the others? And that's where I want to bring the focus to today. Good soil is what we strive for. Let's be very clear with that. We want a heart that is ready to accept God ready to accept the kingdom. We want the kingdom in so we can push the kingdom out. But we know in reality, there are peoples with different types of soil. I want to drive home two points today. Number one, good soil still needs to be looked after. Number two, good soil needs to work with other soils. So number one, good soil still needs to be looked after. Soil in the literal sense needs to be looked after. Like I said, I'm no green thumb, but I don't think you just dump good soil, plant stuff, and then go, beautiful, we're done. No, that does not happen. It is not as simple as, oh, I'm just going to put this here, and then my spiritual growth is just going to occur just on a continual basis. You know, it needs work. It needs things happening. You know, farmers in this time, this Farmers in the time this was written, every single year after harvest would go out, look at their paddocks and go, I need to look for these rocks. I need to look for these thorns. Yeah. And then I need to move them, pick them up and get them out of my paddock because that's not gonna help when I go to spread more seed. Mm -hmm. It's really key that we need to get these things out of our life. It may appear rocky and thorny and they start to creep in and it can impact the next season of our lives. Jesus explains this further in the parable in verse 19. He says, But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the work, making it unfruitful. So Jesus specifically names these things, these rocks, these thorns, you know, these, these types of things that can choke it. But in our world, it can relate to so many things taking us away from understanding the word of God or letting that seed or the word of God grow in us. I think physical and spiritual restoration is an ongoing lifelong process. No, it continues to grow within us. It is something that we need to work on. And it's not just good soil is good soil. That good soil needs to be turned over. That good soil needs to be harvested. That's, that seed needs to be sown back into that good soil. But we need to check what's in the actual soil. We need to acknowledge that our lives need continual feeding. I think that's really, really important to understand. The word of God and seeking this consistently is key for our Christian walks. And let's just call it what it is. Sometimes we forget that. I do in my life, absolutely. And I'm, I'll find that the best times in my life is when I'm in the Word and when I'm seeking that. 
And when I'm sowing these seeds and doing these actions, Rick Warren and and plenty of other um, preachers and theologians have said, becoming like Christ is a long, slow process of growth. Of growth. I love that. There will be seeds planted and maybe they need to be then re-sowed and harvested and re-sowed and harvested. And I'm just getting excited here. I'm punching the freaking (laughs) pedestal now. But the seeds will be planted and re-sowed. But the question is, is that soil ready for us to do that? Is that soil ready for us to do that? How are you continually looking after your soil? I don't know about you, but last two years or so, I've really found that um, what would you call the simple passages of God um, really coming to me in a new profound way. John 3.16, the perfect example. The fact that I can recite that so much so because it got drilled into me in Sunday school and everything else, but the actual profound nature of those verses are so, so big. I think I need in my life to continue to sowing the seed, giving to me from God, and I need kingdom words in my life and I need to harvest the field. I want to identify rocks. I want to identify things that are choking my you know, potential in doing that and get them out of my life. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. good soil needs to be looked after. Yeah. There is no two ways about it because the nature of the heart is key in understanding the kingdom of God. Mm. We need that soil to be good. The nature of soil is key in how well the seeds grow in life. Good soil still needs to be looked after. Okay, number two. Good soil needs to work with other soils. And this is the thing that has really hit me through lockdown. And young adults are all going to be like, I know exactly what he's about to say here. But how are we Jesus' feet at this time? How are we Jesus' feet in this time? In our understanding of the kingdom, in our understanding of what Jesus did, how do we then bring that? Jesus says that the seed that lands on the good soil produces a crop. 30, 60, 100. It says in verse 20, Others, like the seed, sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. We want to produce a crop that allows others to see that the word is good and then start to make changes to our soil as well. At what point do we pick up a shovel and go, you know what, let's go make that soil good. Or, hey, let me help you with your soil. You know, this mean, that may mean practically assisting somebody. This may mean evangelism. This may mean simply as praying for somebody at that time who can't pray for themselves. Are we interceding on behalf of other people? Now, let me state the obvious. A lot of people need to work on their own soil. Because that's, I think, what we're called to do. But just because I have good soil doesn't mean someone else might want to hear it at that time. But turning up and doing something is better than doing nothing. I've heard Tim say that a lot of times, but it is so true. You may not practically need to solve the questions of the person who is talking to you. But you might need to listen. You might need to be there. You might not be able to fix the person's issues, the rocks or the thorns in their lives, but you can be there. You can listen. You can be a reflection of good soil in this person's life and just turn up and be there. 
I really felt on my heart this message is more about the impact of the good soil on others. It's the actual opposite way. It's not about, I need to be good soil. It's like, what can the good soil do for the others? I've often read this and thought, yep, I'm in, I'm in the good soil. Great. You know, I believe, I, I see the word, that's good. But then the challenge is, is like, what am I doing with it? What am I practically doing with this? You know, Tim said last week, am I having a crack? Have a crack. Have a crack. Who am I inviting to the table? Who am I inviting into my life? Who am I you know, sharing my life with? The nature of the heart allows us to understand the kingdom of God, but the additional sentence now is then act upon it. If this is true in your life, I think the next step is bringing the kingdom down to earth and then into others. It's thy kingdom come, your will be done. Not thy kingdom come into my life and that's it. No, it needs to be shared. I think it's really key and, and something that has been really pressing on my heart that you know, the good soil, we need to look after that ourselves, but then help others get to that point as well. But understanding how we do that. Is it praying for that person? Is it discernment? Is it sitting in your bedroom at night and praying for five people and doing that? Is it actually going and buying coffee for somebody? Is it dropping a six pack at their door and saying, hey, <laughs> have a great night? What does it look like? What does it look like? As we finish, let's address these key points. We want to hear the word, accept the word, yeah. harvest your soil regularly, and then invest it to impact your life and others. You know, it's most simply put in 1 John 4, 19. You know, we love because he first loved us. Yeah. It's that virtual, then horizontal love. Mm. Now, are we good soil? That's a reflection for us today. Is there rocks that we want to remove, that we want to kick out of our land, that we don't want in our lives? But overarching, coming to understand the kingdom of God is what Jesus is trying to do here. He's the king that was and has come. His word is the seed. And now it's time to see if the soil is ready to receive the word. He's bringing physical and spiritual restoration. And us as the laborers will be transformed in participating in this. Participating in his works of salvation. The nature of soil and the surroundings impact the growth of the seeds. The nature of the heart is key in understanding the kingdom of God and the nature of the heart will impact the growth of the word that goes on in our lives. So church, I encourage us to remember these things today, to hear, to accept, to harvest, and then to invest. Amen. Amen. Let's just quickly pray and then um, we'll have another song, I think, and then we'll go from there. Father, just thank you so much for um, oh, this chance just to be here, Lord, a chance to sit in your word. Um, thank you so much that your word um, is so vital to us, is so important, Father. And Lord, I just ask for our hearts this morning, Father, to be turned to you. 
And I ask for these words to just to hit us straight in the heart, Father, and to, to grow that a harvest can be 30, 60, 100-fold, Lord. That we can grow into this space where you want us to be with your kingdom coming out of us, Lord. We thank you that you share such deep stories with us. And we ask, Father, that our soil and our hearts really turn to you, Lord. And that you invest. And we thank you for that you invest in us, for us to then invest in others, Lord. Father, we thank you for this time. Um, yeah, we bless everybody listening, Father, and we just thank you so much that yeah, we had this opportunity to share your word this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.